This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And good morning, Canada. Golf Talk Canada, Zucchino Weeks in studio with you. Scully will be by for hour two as we do our final Golf Talk Canada radio to TV until the Masters. This is the last time we'll be doing Golf Talk Canada radio on the TSN TV network. I believe we're this morning on TSN 2, coast to coast. So thank you for watching if you're watching. And thank you for listening if you're listening. And Bob, I decided, because it is our last time until we get to Augusta before radio will be on television again, to wear my Elvis Presley jumpsuit this morning. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like well, it? this is a lasting image I'll have of you That's until right. the Masters now, right? <laughs> red. Led kind of um, I don't know fluorescent red. I believe color. the last time he wore this, it was the Sands. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure. How are you? Okay, I'm good. I'm very good. Yeah, did you play it's, some golf uh, this week. I did play a little golf and played horrible. Um, I'll be fully. I'll be the first to fully admit this. I am. I'm climbing out. I think by the end of the week, I had a little light at the end of the tunnel, but. I have this uh, standing Monday, late Monday afternoon game with my dad. We play nine holes Mondays Love at that. about 4.30 and then have a, a little dinner. And uh, he beat me. He's 88. And he didn't just beat me. He beat me by three shots. He's, <laughs> He's 88. And, uh, and uh, he crushed me. So that's How many drinks oh, did you have goodness. last night? <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been basically drunk since. I just, <laughs> the pain. <laughs> I, uh, I was out with my dad as well. I was out with Angry Mike and uh, uh, Robert Arms, who, you know, is a friend of ours. And, uh, and, and Marty, my stepson, Marcel. Family event. Who is get game is getting tickety-boo. Well, he's working at a golf club. He's working at Scarborough Golf Club, and he gets treated very well there. The, the people, the members, and the, and the team at Scarborough, uh, the, the entire staff, Chris, the head professional, and the entire team, they're wonderful. They treat him and the rest of the staff incredibly well. He loves his job, working on his game. Uh, and we played the hunt, you know, the third hole mm-hmm. at the uh, Toronto Hunt yesterday. Yeah. It's like 187. And he carved a little five iron in there to about 15 feet, hit the center of the green, started working it to the flag. I said, who are you? (laughs) What are you doing? How many more years before you start beating (laughs) me? And I feel what it's like for a change. I I had lunch at Scarborough this week on Monday. Did you? The patio was a great week weather-wise, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. was Spectacular. It's just been been a wonderful week. I think the weekend looks good as well. Yeah, it does. We got a little bit of maybe. fog, though. There's some fog out there. It's a marine layer. You know what? Uh, what do you got there? Well, what do you got for us, Bob? Listen to the fog. Listen, you can. There's a theme for the fog. We do we have a theme, theme for the fog, Ben? We have fog. We don't have any. We don't have any theme for the fog. Foggy mountain breakdown. No. Nope. No. No don't fog. I thought, I thought you might have, have that. One. Okay. It's. A, I, I refer. It's crazy. To, I've worked the the farmers insurance open like five oh, times. Yeah. So layer. it's the marine layer. It this, is the marine. But literally layer. coming into the studio today, I could you could barely see. 15 feet. Yeah, no, it was, it was not... Uh, Which is good the way my game is, because I would never lose a golf ball, because I'm not hitting it any more than 15 <laughs> feet at the moment. But All right, we got a busy show, but before we get to the show, because we have Craig Lockery coming on from Golf Ontario to set up the, the uh, Ontario Disability Championship, which Great. is happening this week at, uh, at our, with our friends at Woodington Lake Golf Club, so we got Craig coming on. Uh, we'll do Stardom Sidham, Winners Weird and What. He's got some great stuff because something came up this week and uh, you poked me as soon as the email <laughs> came out, which is a natural. We're going to have some fun today because it is our last, uh, our last live show for a while as well as we've got some best ofs coming up in the next few weeks because Bob and I desperately need a Saturday <laughs> off. Um, but before we get to news and headlines and, and kick off today's show, 
Uh, now, you know, now that, that we have a, a week to digest U.S. Open, something came up on Golf Talk Canada TV this week. And maybe we can get into this a little bit with Scully later on in, in hour two. Uh, about rough and a golf course. And how you, guys like you and I used to think about, okay, this is how you protect the golf course, right? If you want to make it, if you want to take the bombers away from it and put the, the shot makers back into it and give the plotters a chance, you gotta, you got to make putting the golf ball in the fairway uh, a premium. This side. And I still believe that. I still feel that you can control a golf course and control par um, by, by putting a premium on putting in the fairway. Here's, here's where I think it might have gone wrong last week. <laughs> It was impossible to hit any of the fairways for even the accurate hitters. So when everybody's going to miss the fairway, then might as well have a pitching wedge over a five iron. Well, then you might as well cut down all the rough because that's what it becomes. Everyone's hitting from the same spot, and the longer hitters are going to have the advantage, right? Right. Uh, Yeah, it's true. And I don't know if you saw, there was a little um, diagram that Steve Elkington did on Twitter, just like on a napkin, and he talked about how Bryson's length really cuts away any kind of angle that is put into the design of a golf course to try and um, make it difficult or right. make it a challenge. Right. And, and he can hit it so far, not necessarily cutting over the angle, but cutting it to a wide part going past the dog leg where now he's got a straight shot, whereas the guy who's much shorter, it's hard to explain this without seeing it, but... I understand what you're saying. Now has to go maybe yeah. go over a bunker, or maybe right. has to work the ball into the green, into the hole. You know, it's a perfect example, Bob. Let's go back to '97 at Augusta, left bunker, 18 at the Masters. Remember what Tiger used to do there? Yeah, he used to hit it into the old driving range. Yeah, over that bunker, and it was never designed to do that on right. that line. And there's no defense because no one ever went out there and built a bunch of bunkers until they went back with the tee deck. And that's kind of what you're talking about here. He's hitting it to places on old golf courses where they never thought, well, we need to protect this area and right. give somebody here because you know, the one thing I think I I remembered this week after we had that conversation is, do you remember about a month and a half, two months ago? Dave, I think, I'm almost positive it was Davis Love III who brought up the concept of why would we not have the fairways wider and the rough thinner at 250, and then at 200 it gets a little bit more narrow and the rough gets a little further up, and then at 175, and you bring the fairway in and grow the rough up T to green so that by the time you're greenside... I mean, it's it's a mess. So, in other words, if you want, the further you hit it, the the more difficult the it becomes to hit the fairway, and the higher the rough is. And as you get shorter, it gets wider with thinner rough. I thought that was a great idea. Yeah, I think it was the DL three. I'm not 100 percent sure. And I, and I think that's you know initially that was the design issue, or when you designed a hole in the old days, you know the the that's what bunkers were put in there for, fairway bunkers, right? right. So you could either play short of the fairway bunkers if you were right. a big hitter, but if you were going to take the challenge, you were going to take on the bunker. Now they, where those most of those bunkers are placed, right. uh, you know, you just fly all over it. But and they're so good out of them now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but you're right. You know, I mean, that was sort of also the concept of graduated rough. Right? Yeah. The further you were from the fairway, the right. Steeper that was the a left-right thing. Yeah. Right? This is a m- more of a more of a north-south. Yeah. But, anyway, something to, to be discussed. Um, Conversation for another day. We're running out of time already, so let's do some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by the McKenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada. Tomorrow's stars today. 
Well, Taylor Pendrith continues his good play. He's got an opportunity to win on the Corn Ferry Tour this week. He's at the top of the lead on the Corn Ferry Tour. We will dive into that leaderboard later on in the show and give you leaderboard updates. But off the top in news and headlines, Tiger commits to the Zozo. He's the defending champ, originally supposed to take place in Japan. Uh, the Asian swing was condensed from three events to two events and moved to North American soil. This one at Sherwood, which used to be the home of his Hero World Challenge, and he commits to the tournament. You know, I'll tell you a funny story. Years ago, after uh, Tiger won the, the, the RBC Canadian Open, he, uh, the next year there was some questions as to whether he was going to show up. It was at Royal Montreal. And I happened to be talking um, uh, with his agent, and his mother happened to be standing right beside him when I, we were having this conversation because he was sort of going, he, Steiny was just kind of uh, not really giving the full answer, and his mother said, his mother said, Tiger always defends his titles. <laughs> so I thought, oh, that's pretty oh, cool. So here we, we go. go. He's doing it at Zozo as well, and I think that's something that you should be obligated to do, unless you have an extenuating circumstance like you win an opposite field event that gets you into the another tournament or right. something the next right. year. But right. yeah, it's great. It's great to have anytime we have Tiger to play, it's great. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, though, if he can revive any of the old Tiger magic at a place that he used to do quite well at. Correct? Yeah, you know, exactly. So a place the he's comfortable. Really interesting. Yeah, 100%. Uh, rounds have been up in Canada across the board. You know, I got an opportunity to play with Lawrence Applebaum uh, about a month ago at TPC Osprey Valley. TPC Toronto, and we were just talking about the, the excessive increase in participation in Canada. And, and, and these are on rounds that we've logged. Uh, when you think of the public golf community that doesn't even log their rounds, right. these numbers are actually further up than you could possibly even imagine. Well, in the U.S. in August, Bob, their numbers show 20% from a year ago, August 2019 to 2020. That's a huge amount when you consider the golf population in the United States. They are saying uh, an in- that represents an increase of 10 million rounds of wow. golf. The interesting part is they said that the overall for the year, golf in the United States is only up 6%, which doesn't seem like very much when you see 20% year over year. But don't forget that those majority of golf courses in the states, not majority, say a large portion of them are open 24-7, and a lot of those were shut down during the early days of the pandemic. Here in Canada, especially in you know most of the country, we didn't lose a lot of rounds because of the pandemic because right. the golf season golf barely so started. Think yeah. It's even higher, uh, the overall rounds year over year. And everywhere you go, every person I talk to, just tells me about how tough it is to get a tee time, how yeah. crowded it is, and on and on and on. It's crazy. And, and every club that I've had the uh, pleasure of, of visiting this year from a private standpoint tells me uh, that, that they've never seen a membership increase, like like people walking in and signing up. And yep. So it's it's just good news across the board. So, uh, well, you know, a little silver, now, silver linings. Now right? the next question is how do you sustain it? you got to keep those people there. Right? Yeah, exactly. Next year. Um, finally, Prince Andrew. Little little uh, little problem for Prince Andrew. He's had a lot of problems lately. Yeah, this is a, this <laughs> another, and funny another uh, problem with a plane. Yeah, that's right. So there's been a public outcry in the UK because Prince Andrew spent twenty thousand dollars public till mm-hmm. uh, last year to fly to the Open Championship on a private plane. Apparently, said that there were no commercial uh, flights that would have met his uh, schedule. Um, which I find hard to believe that yes. you couldn't find. He that, only had a sp- he had a, he had to fly between eight a.m. and eight oh seven a.m. Yeah, so he is a avid golfer. In fact, uh, another time I'll tell you the story about how I mistakenly stole his cutlery at the Masters uh, <laughs> back in the long ago. <laughs> That's a long story. But uh, but he's also he's also a former captain of the RNA. 
<laughs> I didn't was, know that. Yeah, he's a big golfer, so uh, he's a little bit in the... A uh, little I'm bit sure of hot water. Yeah. We're so not, we're not what just... you're saying is President Trump isn't the only one logging miles for <laughs> yeah, golf exactly. in a plane, exactly. is what you're saying. All right. Didn't expect that reaction, but no, that's okay. That's right. That's right. <laughs> not a lot of people know this. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. All right. All right. I want to get this right. That's why I keep looking at my phones. You know, I never look at a phone, and very rarely do I look <laughs> at notes. But I want to make sure I get this right, because this is important. This is a great, uh, great uh, day that uh, Golf Ontario is happening to support the youth on course. Did you hear about this, Bob? Yes. This is great. So it's on October the 2nd. It's going to be happening at El Dorado Golf Club, our friends at Golf Ontario. And they've got a group of people that are going to play 100 holes in one day. And the reason they're doing uh, 100 holes in one day is to raise money for the Youth on Course program. Now, the Youth on Course program, if you include provinces and states on both sides of the border, it's 38 states and provinces combined and just under 100,000 kids that are supported in this program to get Youth on Course. 1,400 facilities. Uh, They're trying to raise money. Uh, Go to... Triple W one hundred wholehike.org. So one hundred wholehike.org backslash Canada Ontario. One hundred, that's the numeric one hundred. Wholehike.org slash Canada Ontario. Go there. You can support Team Adidas. You can support Team TaylorMade. So a lot of our friends, a lot of our sponsors participating. If you just want to uh, sign up, join in. It's uh, like a like a marathon or a walkathon. You know, That's just cool. pick yeah. a team, pick a person, and uh, log them. in and sponsor that them. Beautiful and, Whitby, Ontario. Yes. So get a great cause, and uh, anytime we can support junior golf here on Golf Talk Canada, we do so. Okay. On the other side, we're gonna do a little last look at the U.S. Open. Bob and I are gonna talk winners and losers. Now, obviously, Bryson, the big winner. But who comes out with momentum? Who comes out with building blocks? And who goes in the wrong direction? We'll talk it next. This is GTC. This segment of GTC was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade. Every day, more golfers are playing the TP5 and TP5X golf balls. Join them and you'll see why. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back. Foggy Mountain Breakdown for everyone uh, heading to their tea time this morning because you're going to have a little Foggy Mountain Breakdown if you're in the GTA. You're going to be listening to it. Right over right over Mark's head. He doesn't know Foggy Mountain Breakdown. No. That's the greatest banjo song ever. That's it. Well, I, I just it's hear that. the only that. banjo I just, song most people know. I just, I hear that and I immediately go to Deliverance. Just, <laughs> yeah. that's, uh, that's where's it. Burt Reynolds when that's you need right. him? Where's Burt? But uh, yeah, it's a foggy morning out there, folks. It is. It is. Well, that's right. But you, like you said, Bob, you stand up on the first tee this morning. You hit it. You just tell everybody, perfect. Down yeah, the middle, right walk down out there, the drop it where you like, and just go, <laughs> yeah, I right. got you. All good here. Uh, all right. One week removed from the U.S. Open. Obviously, we had the Bryson conversation. We've talked Bryson to death, and, and rightfully so. It might be in a historic win when we look back in a generation from now, and we might go, hey, that's the day. Uh, high school golfers 
decided they were hitting the gym instead of the rage. We don't know what this is going to be. We could be overreacting, but it might be more significant than what we think. Okay, let's remove Bryson from the conversation, Bob. Uh, Let's start with the cup half full. Who are the winners this week? Who are the guys that leave with momentum, that have building blocks, that said, you know, I didn't get the W, but, man, I took on a beast of a golf course. I leave with momentum. And I know that you've, you would add the USGA as an organization to your winner as well. And I, it would be hard to argue with that. Yeah, I mean, they did the best they could. And nobody's really talking about the course setup other than how do you defend. It's not like nothing that they did to monkey up the golf course. And that's, we had one person under par. That's right. That's right. Exactly oh. right. But I think there's some obvious winners. I think Matthew Wolf is an obvious winner because we didn't really know a ton about him beforehand and he comes in second he's now finished in the top four in every major he's ever played yeah exactly both of them right right both of them uh i think i think will zalatoris is a winner and for those of you who don't know he's a corn Ferry tour player who ended up uh, tied for sixth he has had a just a whack of a year out uh, on the corn Ferry tour and of course it comes like taylor pendrith uh on a year when there's no promotion right um you know, amongst the, I think Harris English kind of resurrected his game as well, showed that he's got some, some stuff in there after a year of kind of uh, misery, and uh, he's back. But, you know, those are, the, those are the ones that are maybe a little less obvious, or, well, I guess Wolf is obvious, but, some of, but, but English and Zelatoris might be a little less obvious. I don't know. What do you think? Well, before we get to uh, who are the losers, and, and before maybe, because I agree with your pick, so I just add a couple, I would just maybe add one or two names in there, but before I get to that, I've got to ask you a question about Louis Oosthuizen. Because Louis Oosthuizen, he has a major. He's a 2010 Open champion. But he has a large bucket of top 10s and top 5s in major championship. Is this, a, is this, because this is another third, is this a positive for Louis Oosthuizen? Or is it another, hey, I had a chance to win and I, di- I did it. I am having a very hard time on where I put Louis Oosthuizen in this conversation. His rounds are interesting, right? He was 67, 74, 68, 73. So it's sort of up, down, up, down. And the knock against Louis has always been that he doesn't have that kind of killer instinct or that deep drive to kind of go out and get it. Mm-hmm. He's got second place finishes in all four majors. He and DJ have the silver slam. Mm-hmm. And that's always, if I'm a golfer, that's something that's probably going to bother me to a certain extent. And yet, probably when you retire and you look back and you say, wow, those were great finishes. You came second in every major as long as he has a major. Um, right. But I don't know. It's interesting where to put him. I think, I think at his age, you know, he's not a young guy anymore. He's not a rookie. That's true. It, third is not probably a bad finish for him at this point, although it is, as you said to your point, it's a missed opportunity. All right. I'm going to agree with you on, on, on all your wins. I think, you know, Matt Wolf is obviously the no-brainer. We probably didn't give Matt enough credit in the rest of his game, kind of almost the way we look as a, as a country at Taylor Penrith, and, and Derek Ingram was, you know, trying to correct us into your story that you told last week. Uh, about going down there and doing uh, doing a piece uh, on the guys, um, I think that's a no-brainer. I think Harris English, to your point, a bit of a resurrection. Uh, Will Zalatoris, a no-brainer, considering the season he's having on, on the Corn uh, Ferry Tour, etc. I think uh, the only other name I might throw in there is Xander Shoffley. You know, I, I know it's not a win. I know he wants a win, but this is still a very young golfer who keeps proving to us that if it's a big event. If it's a deep field and it's a hard golf course, you should never overlook this guy. You know, he wins at East Lake, always performs at East Lake, tough golf course, always does well in well does well in majors. Look at his record in the U.S. Open. I think Xander, although it's not a victory, I'd say just 
proving again as to why he's always on our radar when this when this event rolls around. Um, all right, other side of that coin. Uh, there's obviously a few that missed the cut. Um, but for me, I'm going to stay away from the obvious. Phil Mickelson's 50 years old, okay? Phil's had a great career. If he pops up once in a while and does something, great on Phil. Tiger, well, we'll do, we could do a show on Tiger. So I'm going to leave Woods out of this conversation. A couple of guys that were really disappointing for me were Tommy Fleetwood, who was one of the favorites or one of the dark horse favorites, if that makes any sense. Yep. Like After you got out of the DJ Rom conversation, Fleetwood was right in that next group. He misses the cut, right? Uh, horrible outing for Tommy Fleetwood. How much longer are we going to consider Ricky Fowler an elite player? Ricky Fowler has been lost in the wilderness on big events. Uh, here he is again. And I'm going to throw one at you, Bob, that's a bit of a surprise. And I'm going to, I think I have it as a. Bryson DeChambeau? Not Bryson okay. DeChambeau. Not that big of a shock. Okay. I'm going to say Justin Thomas. Oh, yeah, I agree with you 100%. Bob, he opened with 65. Yeah. He was right there in this golf tournament. And to your point with Louis' rounds of 66, up, down, up, down, up, down, look at Justin Thomas, 65, and then he goes 73, 76, 72, and basically flushes his 65 down the winged foot toilet. Is there anybody in golf who um, who just – beats himself up more on the golf course when he's playing badly. It's almost, it's not like, you know, when you see Jordan Spieth, you sort of think, oh, he's kind of whining when he's missing shots and doing things. But Justin Thomas, I just laugh because I see myself, the guy's going, oh, my God, how can I miss That's a That's the like worst that? shot ever hit on right, TV. Right. I just, love and I, I kind of laugh at it, and I don't know why that is, why, what the difference is, but I, I like Justin Thomas a lot because he sort of, to me, reflects how a lot of average players can kind of relate where you, you know, one day you can come out and have a great round and the very next day you think, okay, I'm going to keep it going and you come out like he's done here and shot 76 or something. I think part of the difference for me is Jordan seems on occasion, not always, but but often to be reflecting it out. Oh, stupid lie, dumb hole location, there's right, something out. Yeah. With, the, just, with Thomas, it's I'm garbage. Right. I stink. And right. I think people appreciate that, right? right? Who, who do you put in the uh, cup half empty here, Bob? Who would you add um, to that list you if know, you I, would? I, I kind of had to add Rory in there a little bit. I think I think he was starting to play get better, and he gave me some some hope a little bit. And then I thought, again, the putter just kind of let him down. Now I know it's easy to say that when you're playing a U.S. Open golf course. Mm -hmm. uh, Patrick Reed to me was... was you saw the, that uh, coming, though. That yeah. train wreck. <laughs> you knew when he shot 70 that he got every break he could have got when he, before he shot the 77 on Friday. Um, you know, I thought I thought John Rahm was a little disappointing. Mm -hmm. um, I was looking at... You know, Rory gave you the uh, Oosthuizen rounds. Look at Rory's rounds. 67, I'm in it. 76, no, I'm not. 68, I'm back. 75, I'm gone. Yeah. The Ricky Fowler comment, you know, was an interesting one because I sit there... I know he's working on swing changes. I know he's got a few things going on, but still... He's had a nothing year. Like, I was putting together a golf pool that I go in with my dad, and we're, we've got to get our stuff going here. But I think, I think I'm think i looking at Ricky thinking, okay, do I should I pick him? Is he worth the value that he's won? It's based on what they won last year. Mm -hmm. It's a really tough question right now. I don't I, – I would – my guess, my gut would be no. You know, there's probably somebody younger, hungrier on the upswing. And like you said, he is working on changes, but wow, how, how long do you go with that, Right. right. 
All right, we're going to switch gears. On the other side, it is the Ontario Disability Championship happening uh, this week at our friends at Woodington Lake Golf Club. Great championship. Uh, great group of athletes. And Craig Lockery from Golf Ontario joining us next to break down what is the event, who are the athletes, and we'll jump into it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by TaylorMade. Every day, more golfers are playing the TP5 and TP5X golf balls. Join them and you'll see why. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada. Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, where you're listening coast to coast on the TSN Radio Network, on the iHeartRadio app, or watching us this morning on TSN2 as we broadcast across the television network. Thanks for jumping in and joining us. I want to give a shout out to my friend Peter Wilson, who just emailed me to remind me that we were in the semifinals of the alternate shot this week at the Toronto Hunt. And he said one of my wins this week should have been his lag putting. He put on a lag putting performance, Bob. For the ages, very underrated lag. Putting. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, if you like lag putting, you would have loved watching uh, Peter Wilson this week. At, I think. Uh, I think if I'm if it's alternate shot, you said yes. So he realized who he was dealing with at the for the who would be putting next. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> I wasn't his partner. Oh, I thought you partner. were his partner. Sorry. And they're also just because this. I know this will interest you. A fog delay this morning at the Toronto Hunt. Where's or or is it marine now. layer? It could be marine layer. <laughs> we need some more fog. That's it. I believe down. when you get that close to the water, it becomes marine. Oh yeah, layer. you're right on. That's the, it. Right on the water. That's, that's it. Right. All right, all right. Joining us now uh, from Golf Ontario, our good friend Cl- uh, Craig Lockery, as it is the Ontario Disability Championship this week at uh, Woodington Lake Golf Club. It starts tomorrow with a practice round. Official rounds are Monday, Tuesday. Craig, how are you this morning, brother? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Okay, Craig, before we jump into this, I want to give a shout-out to the sponsors and the people that help make this happen. Obviously, TaylorMade and Adidas that are dear uh, friends of ours and sponsors of ours here at Golf Talk Canada, as well as our dear friends at Woodington Lake Golf Club, who are also sponsors sponsors of ours. But there's some more here. Simcoe uh, Tourism Board, Cushman & Wakefield, Lavazza Coffee. I'm a big fan of Lavazza Coffee, by the way. Mm, There you go. Uh, Trey Amici Wines, Carlsberg, and Sandbagger, the the Golf Gin Seltzer. Uh, So thanks to all those partnerships that make this sponsorship happen happen but and make this tournament happen but speaking of this tournament making it happen uh, for our listeners for our viewers this morning just give them a little background like what is this championship and and how did it come about because it's fairly recent it it is yeah so this was a new championship we introduced last year and um you know but it was in its formation four years ago with our strategic plan and that's something that our board adopted and had input to as well as our staff as well as all of our golfers so um, you know, I'd like to say that this was a hard one to put into place. It wasn't. It was a no-brainer for us. And, you know, once we did put it into place uh, last year, we knew that it's been one of the best initiatives that, that we put in place in the last few years. And, you know, it was just a real um, amazing, these athletes and what they can do. And and so so how does the championship unfold? Give me a little bit of a background of what's going to happen on, on Monday and Tuesday and how the – where they're coming from, a little bit of that. Yeah, so last year was a little unique in that we had players come from the U.S. and across Canada, 
And obviously with COVID this year, it's, it's posed a little bit more of a challenge with the border being closed and all. So, um, and we did have global interest, though, from other athletes across UK, Europe, Australia that wanted to play in it last year and said that their interest would be, you know, for this year. Obviously, those plans have changed. So this year, our field is really primarily athletes across Canada. Um, and we know that we'll be able to grow this championship to be a globally recognized event. Uh, and the reason for that is because we've got uh, world ranking points that are on uh, the line. Um, we're recognized by the EDGA, the uh, European Disability Golfers Association, who control those world ranking points. And we meet all the criteria to award those points to those athletes participating. Uh, Craig, there's also a relationship uh, with the Special Olympics as well attached to this event. Tell us a little bit about that. And also, what's the format? What are we playing? Is it match play? Is it stroke play? Yeah, we've got, uh, obviously, our partners at Special Olympics Ontario. Um, That was amazing. They gave us access to, you know, their athletes. And uh, they've also helped guide us with some of the uh, protocols that we need to have in place to protect these athletes and to also make sure that they, you know, enjoy the championship itself. So that was uh, monumental for us, announcing that partnership earlier this spring. Um, And then, yeah, the format of play is actually, there's two forms of simultaneous play. So we have a gross play uh, category, and we also have a net Stableford category of play. So, uh, you know, as a personal note, I'd like to see more Stableford played across the country, really. Um, The reason for that is because if you, you know, are having a little bit of a bad hole, uh, you just count zero points and you can pick up your ball and you can move on. And I think we can all attest to having that one bad hole here or there where you just like to do that. And when you're playing stroke play, unfortunately, you can't do that. For my case, I wish it was just was just one bad hole. <laughs> it's not, but, um, I'm looking at the world ranking for golfers with disability. This is an amazing list of where, I mean, this is worldwide right across. Uh, I'm noticing a couple of good Canadians here in yes. the 12th and 13th spot, Jesse Florkowski and Curtis Barkley. Yep. Um, I mean, this, uh, this is a real tour, it looks like, a real going on as well it should be, right? It, it is, Bob. You're right. And, yeah, the, you mentioned two of those gentlemen. They both played in our event last year. Um, they're both playing in the event again this year. And if you follow Curtis at all, he's actually traveled across the world to play. He went down to Australia to play in the Australian Open Disabilities Championship. And they have an interesting format there. It's connected with their Australian Open. And uh, the, the players with disabilities play the same tees in the same golf course on the same days. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Okay, it so is. practice round tomorrow, championship yep. official Monday, Tuesday, Woodington Lake Golf Club, Ontario Disability Championship in partnership with the Special Olympics. Craig, you've got a history of uh, experience with the handicap system in this country, sitting on committees on the world handicap system, uh, a wealth of knowledge in uh, course rating and slope. I need to ask you the obvious before we let you go, uh, completely unrelated to the Disability Championship, but U.S. Open last week, you saw it. You saw what Bryson DeChambeau did to a golf course that probably was so difficult we couldn't even rate it. I don't even know what you would rate Wingfoot last week in terms of course rating and slope based on that setup. are you okay with what you saw last week? Uh, again, one guy under par, but but are you okay with what you saw? Is there anything we can do? If you could do something different, is there anything in setup that you would change? 
Yeah, so I, I was of the mind early on that the rough would take care of it. And, you know, the 65 by Wolf on Saturday, you know, I thought that that would catch up with them uh, on Sunday. In all honesty, I everybody that I talked to on the Saturday, I mentioned, I said, he won't get away with that tomorrow. It, you know, you cannot, I think he only hit four or five fairways and still shot 65. I mean, it, it would be a matter of time. So I think the rough does even it out. I'm not a big fan of bomb and gouge. I, I think there should be a premium on hitting the fairway. And I think the USGA, out of any of the entities that are doing these course setups, probably do the best job of that. Although DeChambeau kind of, you know, bomb and gouged his way to the win, he was the only player under par. If you look at the rest of the field, um, you know, even even the plus was there. So you yeah. probably crowned the right champion. Um you know, but I still would like to see a little bit more of a premium of hitting the fairway, and if that means 12-inch rough, <laughs> I told her, you know, I that would be the only setup change I could see making, Mark. Well, the one thing I will say too that we're probably not giving DeChambeau enough credit for his driving numbers in terms of accuracy were down, but in relation yeah. to the field, they were still, still better. Pretty, he was still yeah. better than average in accuracy, so you got to give some credit there. So his putting was pretty good too. His putting was good too. Craig, have a great championship this week. Also, I, uh, some great initiatives from Golf Ontario with uh, the Yusan Course uh, Day with the hundred holes on October the sixth. Uh, lots of great stuff coming, and uh, I'm sure that uh, as we approach Christmas, uh, you usually have some uh, some initiatives uh, coming around Christmas time that are. Uh, junior golf related, and we'll uh, we'll jump on that and have you guys on, and uh, I look forward to that. So thanks for taking the time. I wish I could be there this week. Have a great championship. Say hi to our friends at Woodington Lake for me, and uh, enjoy your week up there. I sure will. Thanks for having me on, guys. Take care. Craig Lockery, Golf Ontario, the Disability Championship, Woodington Lake Golf Club, Monday and Tuesday, the official rounds, and should be a great championship. And I'm glad they're getting great weather for it this week. Yes. That's fantastic. On the other side, Bob and I will take a quick look at the leaderboard at the Punicana Championship on the PGA Tour. We'll hear from some of the leaders there. And we'll do some housekeeping for Golf Talk Canada. Get you set for what our October schedule looks like and when we're back to TSN television. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by PlayGolf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to GTC. Zucchino Weeks, I see Adam Scully getting in his booth there, getting ready to go. I think he's doing some push-ups, <laughs> maybe some squats to get ready for hour two where he'll join us for many days. He's squatting. He's squatting. I, text, I, t- I texted him yesterday, or he texted me, and I, we sort of had a list back and forth. So what are you doing right now? He just sent me a picture of a barbell. That's what he, <laughs> he, he, he sends you those, and I get his putting woes. Text. I get, I should have been 66, but I was 76, and I'm uh. stick handling. I go, well, goalies can't stick handle. We know that. So, 
Uh, before we jump into it, reminder, uh, Youth on Course, October 6th. Just want to keep suggesting that's a great cause. Youth on Course affecting just under 100,000 kids in North America uh, to support uh, getting golf in their life. Um, thousands of facilities, 1,400 to be exact. Uh, October 6th, they're trying to raise money. A group of great people playing 100 holes, including our friends at TaylorMade and Adidas. Go to 100wholehike.org, 100wholehike.org slash Canada, Ontario. Okay, Golf Talk Canada uh, is staying on the air. We've got some best of shows. Bob and I taking a few Saturdays off along with Adam. Um, I'm going to be working some PGA Tour radio events. I got back-to-back in Viva Las Vegas for the Shriners and the CJ Cup. CJ Cup moving from Korea to Shadow Creek, so I'll be on the ground for that one. Looking forward to that, but nice to have some uh, Saturday mornings off and just take a a pause. We still got some great shows, though, some equipment specials, best ofs, etc. We're going to be back live October the 24th. Well, why October the 24th, you say? That is Sherwood Country Club. That is the Zozo Championship, and that is a defense of Tiger Woods. We will be back live for radio uh, for that uh, event, for that Saturday in October. And then, of course, the Masters, we will be back to television uh, with a 60-minute uh, Masters preview show in November, live two-hour radio to TV, Saturday of the Masters. Uh, Looking forward to that. And we also have an equipment special on Golf Talk Canada TV coming up in October as well. So we're not going anywhere. We're just taking a few Saturdays off and a bit of a break here on GTC. Okay. Taking a look at the leaderboard at the Corrales Putacana Resort and Club Championship. Now, I should say this. Bob, you and I were talking off mic during the break. Great golf holiday. Obviously... Uh, very tough to travel right now. Some people have a different appetite for it other uh, than others. You were just saying a friend of yours just took a European vacation and said it was fantastic. So, yeah, a great time. You know, if, if you have an risk. appetite for it and you feel it's safe and you uh, and you can properly quarantine when you get home, which is key. Right. Uh, I got to tell you, Dominican Republic is maybe one of the best golf trips you can take. Uh, my favorite is Casa de Campo, but to get to Casa, you got to get to Punican Airport. So there's a great way of doing it. You can back-end or front-end Punicana after a trip to Casa Campo because you got to go there anyway. So La Corrales is the golf course you're seeing this week. Outstanding golf course. Bob, you said they could stretch this thing to 8,000 yards? Yeah, it's crazy long. I, we, we were down there. Well, we, I was down there literally the week before everything shut down. We were uh, filming our Just for Men. That's right, before, you saw, before yeah. I saw you in uh, Sawgrass. That's right. And, uh, and there's, there was a huge thing in the airport, big picture, Gray McDowell, defending champion. Yeah. And there was some kind of reference there about it, so we looked it up. Yeah, it was like 7,800 yards or some crazy amount. Well, it's funny because so you can, you can play La Corrales. And then right down the street in uh, Cap Cana, on your way to La Romana, is um, is uh, Punta Espada, which is outstanding Nicholas course on the ocean, incredible golf course. And then you make your way to La Romana, where you get Casa de Campo, and you can lock yourself down for a week and play some of the best golf courses you've ever seen in your life. And one of them, to die for at Casa de Campo, also gets close to 8,000 yards. But the story goes that when Pete Dye was doing the sketches for to die for he was sketching it in yards and the local workers translated it in meters and they ended up with almost 8,000 yard golf course this is the name of it sounds like an Abbott and Costello routine you know, you know to know, die like, for what's, what's the course 
to die for. I know it's oh. to die for, but what's the name of the course? You know, it's like, who's, who's on, on first? first? <laughs> oh, man. Well, anyway, the Corrales Punicana Resort Club and Championship leaderboard looks at such. Hudson Swafford, two-shot lead over Sean O'Hare and Luke List and, Just, and Justin Sue at 10 under par. Also a three-shot lead over Adam Long, Mackenzie Hughes, uh, Sepp Straka in there. Who am I missing there? Uh, it's a jam-packed leaderboard. Hughes with a good chance to win. We all loved Hughes coming into this. We'll get into that in Stardom Sinem. But let's hear from our leader, Hudson, Hudson Swafford. I obviously won. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, everybody's so good now. I mean, the tour's so deep. And, I mean, it, there's a lot of guys that, I mean, there's just a lot of – anybody can win out here. It doesn't matter if you're 20 now. Uh, 45 everybody's good so uh, yeah I can definitely draw on memories and how I felt you know coming down the stretch and how I kind of felt like I slowed things down for me well he's not wrong there rounds of 65 65 67 everybody can win out there but we've also mentioned we mentioned this during TV this week Bob that you know this is kind of one of those weeks where a young guy jumps up and grabs important FedEx cut points against a field where maybe he feels comfortable uh, or like we saw last year, an old dog finds a new trick for a week with Graham McDowell grabbing a bone. Hudson Swafford said something very interesting there about how the depth of the tour and, and the winners of this tournament sort of exemplify that. I mean, a couple of weeks ago we had Stuart Sink winning. Yeah. Uh, you almost had Matthew Wolf winning the U.S. Open, so you've got this... this be 50 or 20? Yeah, I mean, anybody can win, and you can look at this leaderboard, and yeah, maybe it's not deep in marquee names, but right. there's some good players. Oh, there's talent, and the, the, the tour is ridiculously deep. Uh, Hudson Swafford will play alongside in the final group today. Sean O'Hare at 10 under par. That's 155. They go off local. O'Hare, 67, 67. Steady Eddie, 10 under. Let's hear from Sean O'Hare. I've been out pretty much almost a year and a half now. And um, so it, it, it's kind of trying to get in the groove again, in the routine again. And, you know, my body's still not quite there as far as, um, you know, just the workload that you do just from traveling and, and, and hitting balls and walking and practicing. It's kind of hard to, to practice that at home. Um, but, you know, as far as health-wise, I feel great, and, and um, it's nice to be out here for sure. And, and um, you know, I've, I've tried to play as much as I, I can at home to get ready for this. Getting the uh, rust knocked off and trusting things after an injury is, you know, one of the hardest things to do. He uh, has been out with a, with a torn muscle that he had repaired. His last victory on the PGA Tour, the 2011 RBC Canadian Open at Shaughnessy. Wow. That's the last that feels like a won. lifetime ago. Yeah, and, you know, he is, uh, he's one of those guys who's had a, sort of a, a really good story to get to where he is. I always kind of like Sean O'Hare. He's always been a nice guy. And a big shout-out to Graham Dillette, by the way, at this tournament. Started off with a 78, but shot 64, birdied nine holes yesterday. Missed wow. the cut by one, unfortunately, but wow, what yeah. a performance. Well, again, finding form, trusting things, yeah. you know, and Graham trying to learn to play golf as a guy with a bad back versus a guy waiting to get healthy. Exactly. That's the two different things, right, yeah, Bob? Very exactly. different. Exactly. Uh, we all love Mackenzie Hughes this week, did we not? We when did. we did the, the did did you have Mackenzie and me and both of us have yep. Mackenzie on yep. uh, Wednesday? I think so, yeah. I think it was. Yep. Yeah. Uh, hard not to go, you know, second here last year. Will we stay with him in Stardom Sidham is the big question. Ooh, yeah. That is the big question because, you know, we will do Stardom Sidham an hour or two with Adam Scully joining us. Okay. Now, speaking of getting healthy, before we wrap up hour one, guess who put on 12 pounds during COVID? <laughs> I was talking about this this morning when you and I first came in around 730. We're having a coffee, just chit-chatting. 
12 pounds, Bob. Now, for a guy my height, you know, 12 pounds, you know, I'm only about five, seven. This is your glove. I, I, my Twitter is going to light up when I say this, or my text is going to light up because only short guys give you this height. I'm five foot seven and a half. Yeah, you ever, that's great. Do you ever hear Scully say lies. I'm so oh, he lies. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever hear Scully say I'm seven foot two and a half? No, yeah, it's seven no, foot two, right. right? It's like, you that's know. That's right. You don't okay. have to add that half you never have unless that. you're below. Right, right. I'm five foot seven and a half. Yeah. So for a guy like me, at twelve pounds, that's a that's a lot of weight to be lugging around, right? I, I'm shocked that you have. Like yeah. I just I'm just I don't know. I have been the same within Five pounds either way, seven pounds either way. I've kind of been the same weight I've been like since high school. I just don't put on, I don't get real heavy. I go up and down like an elevator, especially if I take my eye off the ball. And the one thing I did during COVID, initially right out of the gates, I mean, the wine bottles were tumbling like dominoes. It was in the recycling bin. Mrs. Golf Talk Canada doesn't drink red wine. Okay. She's just, she's, Heather is a glass of Chardonnay twice a week. That's, that's Mrs. Golf Talk Canada's drinking habits. I walked into the kitchen 30 days into the COVID, 45 days into the COVID, right? And I went to her, I go, when did you, know, when did you start drinking red? She goes, I haven't had a, a glass of red. I haven't. And I go, well, obviously no one's been over. And you, were one of those, you were one of those guys for why they did not, you didn't need to invent one of those stoppers, right? So you no. close up a bottle stoppers? half drunken? No. Yeah. No, we have one for, yeah. for fun. Still in the package? Yeah, for show. <laughs> you know, we have one for, for show. But, uh, yeah, but anyway, so I got on a diet about a week ago. And, you know, the early weight always comes off easy, right? So I got four of it off, so now I got only eight pounds to go. But the, the last eight are always the... You know, the last five. The next three. The last 23 are always the toughest. Yeah, the last 23. So eight's not too bad. We'll get it there. But, I mean, wow, 12 pounds just by taking your eye off the ball. Come run with me tomorrow morning. We're going for 20K. We better be running to the emergency. Yeah, right. Just right in the emergency, Bob. All right, on the other side. You know what? Okay. You know what would have been this week? We only got 30 seconds left. Would have been Ryder Cup this weekend. Thus why we have Golf Talk Canada Radio on TV. It was supposed to be a big week. We were supposed to be throwing to the matches at Whistling Straits. So we thought it would be fun. What if the Ryder Cup was happening right now? And what if we were the captains? What would the teams look like? And who would we pick? We will do it next with Adam Scully. Jumping into Ryder Cup chat. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. The smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. 
And welcome back to Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, where you're watching this morning on TSN 2, listening online on the iHeartRadio app, or coast-to-coast on the TSN Radio Network. Thank you for joining us. I want to give a shout-out to Chris, who's one of our regular listeners and viewers for Golf Talk Canada over the years, actually. He's uh, always uh, listening. He's at, uh, his handle on Twitter is at Euler3535. I love this. He says, that is quite the velour track suit I've got going on this morning. <laughs> like I said off the top, I believe Alvis wore this at the Sands. I yeah. Sure. <laughs> Bright life city gonna save my soul. Jeez. All right. It would have been Ryder Cup week. This yeah. weekend we would have been watching. Whistler, and you know what? I'm going to say kind of what I say every year and then I'm wrong. I'm looking at these teams on paper, and there is no way, there is no way that Europe would have been beating Team USA this week. I'm just, I mean, like, this is such a, this might be the most lopsided affair that you would have ever seen, and and yet probably Europe would have figured out a way to win somehow. I don't know how, though, when I look at these teams. Uh, The good news for Europe, regardless, is they've got a year now to build that strength back up and get some of their regular guys maybe back on this team or have somebody kind of grab the baton and run with it a bit. So anyway, let's welcome in now Adam Scully, our producer, Adam Scully. Skulls, um, before we get into picks or whatnot, what was your reaction when you saw these teams on paper when we said, okay, we're going to do this this week, and we all kind of went to the standings to have a look? Did you have the same reaction I had, like, this would just be like a completely lopsided affair. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Mark. I mean, looking at these teams on paper, the U.S. would win in a landslide. You look at the last Ryder Cup in 2018, the Europeans absolutely demolished the Americans. Obviously, it was a completely different golf course, and that's become a big story for these recent Ryder Cups is the way the golf courses have been set up. You look at the golf course a couple of years ago in France, the fairways were 18 yards wide. The Americans had guys like Phil Mickelson on the team who couldn't hit a fairway for his life. And, you know, Whistling Straits was supposed to host the Ryder Cup this weekend. They're going to host it next year. I would presume they're going to have no rough there. It's going to be close to 8,000 yards, and the U.S. team formula is going to be a bunch of bombers who can hit who can hit the ball a big way. So, on paper, anyway, the U.S. would be the heavy favorite for sure. Well, I will say this: uh, I've played Whistling Straits, one of my favorite golf courses, but it is the most out of a golf course that looks visually like a Lynx golf course from a North American standpoint. It probably plays the least. Like a Lynx course. So if you compare Whistling Straits visually, it, it looks like Bandon Dunes. Visually, it looks like Cabot Cliffs or Cabot Lynx. Or it plays nothing. It is a highball North American golf course that just happens to look like a Lynx golf course. I.e., just see what Jason Day did there at the PGA Championship, right? Bob, those fairways were huge, and he bombed it high all day. It's like uh, a Lynx course on acid. Yeah, you know, yeah, very much. That's so. basically yeah. what it is. I right. think it's the weirdest course. It's I've ever funny seen. that Bob used course. that reference because I, well, I wasn't going to get into that in Winners Weird and What about <laughs> okay. golf course architecture on acid. Okay, all right, just remember that. All right, so let's look at the standings. Let's start with Team USA. Dustin Johnson. Colin Morikawa, Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, Webb Simpson, and Bryson DeChambeau. Those are your top six for Team USA. Those players are automatic on this team. DJ, Morikawa, Kepka, JT, Simpson, DeChambeau. They're automatic. I'll give you the next four in the point standings. Xander, Reed, Berger, Finau. That is your top ten. Okay, Scully, let's start with you. You're the captain of the red, white, and blue. You got your six boys. Who are your four? Uh, who are your next six picks? You got to get this team to twelve. 
Okay, so my next six. So I, I have three different categories here. So I mentioned Whistling Straits going to be a Bombers golf course. And for that reason, I like Matthew Wolf and Tony Finau on this team for guys who, who can hit the ball a long way. Another category, guys who are overall good in every category. They don't really have many weaknesses. Xander Shoffley, Daniel Berger, both have experience as well on the U.S. on a team format. And then two X-Factors, two guys who you might think, eh, maybe they've had some, some uh, success in the past, and this one player in particular. Patrick Reed has had some interesting uh, altercations, shall we say, in the past on team formats as well. So my, uh, for my two X factors, I'm going Patrick Reed, and of course, you guys know me, Tiger Woods. Mm, I knew I was waiting for that. Okay, <laughs> so I, we have very similar picks, Adam. There's a couple of a couple of differences and a couple of stutter steps where I'm unsure. Bob, let's go to you, Captain's picks. You got six to make. I. I I got a feeling one thing that you and I are certainly going to have in common. Well, my picks are exactly the same as Adams. Wow, exactly the same, including as Tiger Woods, including Tiger Woods. And the reason I'm picking, I'm saying Tiger Woods is going to be on there. Who's the captain? Steve Stricker. Steve Stricker, oh. who's basically one of Tiger's best but come friends. Come on, right? guys. So if you've got, if I'm you've okay. Got but 11, what about you, though? That's <laughs> what I'm would saying. You, no, I would, if you were the captain, I would want Tiger on that team. I would want Tiger on that team because I think it's so strong even though on, it's on paper, that you, you can have a motivational guy. You can have a leadership yeah, okay. guy. I Remember Justin that. Thomas last year getting paired with him yep. in the pairings and saying what a thrill it was at the President's Cup and saying, you know, this is what I've dreamed of. So I think that's enough of, uh, of a factor. And think of how well he played. He was yeah, the best player on the I President's know. Cup. I'm just so there's lots forward. of reasons for me to believe him, that believe that way. If there's one guy on there that I'm not 100% solid on, it might be Tony Finau. Right. Just because of some of the past performances he's, he's had, I just don't. I'm not a hundred percent sure on him. But wow. I don't know where there's you're you've got a, a a rich pot to choose from. Like you oh my god, like, like this Matt Team Wolf. USA is already so stacked it's ridiculous, and then the pot to pick from is just as stacked. Um, you know, you're leaving a U.S. Open champion off, and Gary Woodland, a year ago a U.S. Open champion, Kevin Kisner, who's a bulldog in match play. He's great in the room, Kevin Yeah, Kisner great in the room. Like, there's so many guys. Who's who's played well. Yeah. Uh, Cantlay is such an underrated guy. Mm-hmm. All those guys are ranked higher than Matthew Wolf, by the way. So, and that, but a lot of that has to do with, you know, it's a two-year window, and yeah. Matt Wolf missed a year, yeah. right? So, um all right, so you, I can understand your argument on Tiger, that the team is so strong. And you can rah-rah this, that. But I don't have Tiger on this team, guys. I got him as my assistant captain is where I have him. I got him in the room. I got him alongside Steve Stricker. I just don't have him playing golf. Partly because I don't trust his game. uh, But also partly because I think Team USA needs an influx of different faces and young blood to break the hangover, to break the curse. Okay, Tiger Woods came into the last Ryder Cup as a tour champion, winning at Eastlake, got to France, and basically looked like a guy stuffed on baguette and brie. Okay? <laughs> like, he shouldn't have been playing a golf club, okay? We, a golf, golf tournament. He was half asleep. Do you remember the lethargic yeah. nature mm-hmm. at the Ryder Cup? If you can't get up for playing in front of that crowd in France, I mean, unbelievable. So I've got, though, I've got a similar, but I've got a problem. I will have a problem. I do okay. have a problem. I know that, but tell us about your team. <laughs> I've got Xander Shoffley, yep. Daniel Berger, for all the reasons you gentlemen have outlined. Uh-huh. I got Tony Finau and Matt Wolf. That's four. Okay. I got Patrick Cantley, mm-hmm. and then I stumble. 
Do you go with Reed? Can you forgive the dynamic he may bring to this team and pass sins for what he's done, not only in his career, but what he's been able to do in match play scenarios and international team competition? Or do you penalize him and you keep him on the sideline and say you didn't earn it and we don't want all the stuff that comes with Patrick Reed and I'm going to take the PGA Tour Rookie of the Year, Scott, Scotty Scheffler, and say, oh. you know oh. what? You've played great in big events. You showed us something at the PGA Championship and we need new blood. It's about my new blood theme, Morikawa, Wolf, uh, potentially Scotty, new blood Break the hangover, break the curse. That's where I'm stuck, and I don't know where I go on that. I really don't. But you know what's tougher than making that decision? <laughs> I know what you're going to go to now. Well, I'll tell you what's tougher than making that decision is finding anyone worth putting on Team Europe. So Team Europe is, uh, let me pull up that, uh, that email here where, I've, where we've broken down exactly what Team Europe is. Because Team Europe uses a combination. I got, I got them here. You got it? Okay, a combination so of both systems, Bob. Here's our uh, here's our European qualifiers. There's nine of them right now. Right. Tommy Fleetwood, John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, Victor Perez, uh, Tyrrell Hatton, Danny Willett, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Lee Westwood, and Bern Wiesberger. Okay, so with the exception of John Rahm, you got Fleetwood missing the cut at the U.S. Open. You got Rory McIlroy pretty much lost in the wilderness since the return to golf. And then you got nothing. So, Bob, let's start with you. What do you do to this team right now? You've got three picks to make. Like, I'm going so far down the ladder to just get some talent on this team and hoping that they find their game. So, I went down and looked at what you got, and and you've got guys who are good names who aren't necessarily in form, but I think we've seen that before on the European side. Guys rally. Mm -hmm. Guys seem to dig down deep. So I think my first pick is a pretty obvious one. It's uh, Shane Lowry, the Open champion. I think you got to have him on your team, right? Even though he's just really mediocre right now. Mm -hmm. The guy who is not in that top nine, who I think is playing the best of the guys, is Rafa Cabrera Bello. Mm -hmm. I think the Spanish uh, sensation yep. is going to be there, and then I think for the same reason I'm picking Tiger, even though this guy's playing terrible, mm -hmm. I'm going with Sergio. He's, oh my! He's the, oh my! He's the guy. Wow! He is the excitement. He's the guy who lights it up in the room for them. Uh, he's he's been manu manufactured a way to play in these things mm -hmm. in the past, and I'm going to put him on too. Wow. Okay. I I've been going. I've got a similar road to Bob with a couple of changes. I've fallen well down the ladder here. I'm going to Justin Rose. Uh, former world number one, hoping at some point that he would break form. And again, Bob, like to your point, you put these guys in a European jersey and all of a sudden they find their game. I'm going also with Rafa Cabrera Bale. I think he's the best player at the moment on this list in terms of his current form that hasn't automatically qualified. Right. And then I'm going with a bit of my American captain headgear and saying <laughs> Victor Hovland needs to be on this team. Wow. Victor what? Hovland is going to be a yeah. future star of a Ryder Cup team and has played great. Like This guy is a cut machine. Big events don't scare him at all. He's proven that already. Uh, I think Victor Hovland deserves to be on this team. I would add him. Okay, Scully. You're the European captain. You've got three picks. It does not look as fruitful as Team USA. Where are you going? 
Okay, so I have two of the three picks that Mark also picked, and I have zero of the three picks that Bob had. Oh. So I also had Justin Rose, uh, currently 28th in the world points, 39th in the European team points, not playing so hot right now. Victor Hovland as well. I think he's going to be on that team. And one player that neither of you picked, Thomas Peters. He also partnered yeah. with Rory McIlroy back in 2016, and they played very well together on another golf course like this. Whistling straights, you're going to need a lot of distance. He showed some form at the U.S. Open after sort of being lost in the wilderness for a little bit himself. I like Thomas Peters on his team as well. I Guys, i got to tell you something. In about a year from now, just under a year from now, when they shut down the qualifying period and these teams are, are locked in, I think Team USA is going to be in a very similar situation than what we're seeing right now. I don't anticipate a ton of change in that team, and I think the biggest decision that Team USA is going to have is a guy named Tiger Woods. But I think Team Europe in 10 months could yeah. look drastically different. I agree, 100%. Some guys are going to rise up. Some guys, don't forget a lot of those European, like Molinari hasn't played, right? Well, that's Where's it. I, I was wondering if any of you were going to go off the board and go, hey, uh, get, you know, wake up Francesco from his uh, pasta como, uh, co- coma. Como, that's, there's a pun. Uh, <laughs> pasta coma. Yeah, wake up, Francesco. You know, <laughs> stop the Oricetti and let's peg it up, right? He's one of the best European players in the world, hands down, when he's playing golf. And let's see where he is in 10 months. Okay, guys, on the other side, uh, fantasy this week, Punicana, Corrales. Who sticks with Mac Hughes? Hmm. Do we both stick with Mac Hughes? We both were on him early. Do we ride him through the finish? Who are we sitting? We'll do start him, sit him next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Time to do a little fantasy. TSN Edge launched a few weeks back. You're home for all your fantasy needs in all sports. And Golf Talk Canada jumping in with some golf coverage with TSN Edge. And we've been doing stardom sitem all season here on Golf Talk Canada. So why stop now? Corrales Punicana Resort Club Championship. Of course, rounds three and four of the Corrales Punicana Resort and Club Championship can be watched on TSN. Three and was it TSN third round, fourth round? Do we know what network it is? Uh, I'll find out. Uh, Bob's going to look into that. Okay, great. We'll continue on. And Adam and I will start with our stardom. Uh, Adam, Hudson Swafford has a lead, 12 under par, good for a two shot lead over a host of players. Of course, we got a Canadian within three shots of the lead with Mackenzie Hughes. Who are you starting this weekend and why? Okay, so coming into the week, you guys both started Mackenzie Hughes. I started Corey Connors. He missed the cut. So, yeah, hate to see that. But on this side, hold I Hold on just... one second, Adam. Hold on, ready? Bump, bump, bum. <laughs> That's the 70s failure game show. You weren't born. Go ahead. I was not born, correct. Uh, I have decided to go a little further down the leaderboard for my startup. Maybe a little value with this pick. I am starting James 
Hahn. Rounds Whoa. of 68, 68. He's four shots off the lead. This guy leads the field in greens and regulation. He's missed only four greens in the first two rounds. He is 61st in putts per greens in regulation. If he can get that putting stroke together, I like James Hahn this weekend. He's coming off a T9 at the Safeway. His first three rounds in the, were in the 60s before shooting even par 72 in round four. I think he's going to learn from that. I like James Hahn this weekend. Bob, how about you? Uh, I'm sticking. I'm, I'm no, uh, I don't flee in the uh, face of uh, <laughs> danger here. I'm sticking with Mac Hughes. And uh, the reason I'm sticking with Mac Hughes is, uh, well, he's probably one of the highest ranked players in the field in the world. Last year in this tournament, of course, he shot 66-66 on the weekend, which is what I'm predicting he's going to do again this weekend, if not better. Uh, this year, or sorry, last year, because this started, this is like the second event of the new year, a third event. Uh, he was sixth in strokes gained around the green and eighth in strokes gained putting, which surprised me when I looked those numbers up. His short game is spectacular, and if he can find anywhere on the fairway, there's not a lot of rough here like compared to last week. So uh, if he can find uh, a chance to hit that second shot, I really like his chances of going deep on the weekend. I'm with you, Bob. We both loved him on Wednesday. I'm sticking with him as well. Why leave him now? He's three shots off the lead. You broke it down lovely, including the horses for courses angle here. Why would you leave a guy that's obviously comfortable on this golf course and playing well? I'll just throw a few more numbers at you to just reinforce this pick. I think we're going to need to continue to make birdies if you're going to win this championship. To make birdies, you got to give yourself looks. Most of the leaders in this championship are hovering around 70 to 75% of their greens and Regulation. That seems to be the number if you're going to be up at the leaderboard and giving yourself enough looks to make birdie. Mackenzie Hughes hit close to 95% of his greens on Thursday, 78% yesterday. He, that rounds him out at over 86% Boom. greens in regulation. It is impossible not to move up the leaderboard hitting that many greens. Absolutely impossible. Mackenzie will have a chance tomorrow. Guaranteed. We'll have a chance tomorrow. <laughs> All right, Adam, who are you sitting? Okay, on the sit side of things, I'm going with Luke List. Rounds of 67-65. He's just two shots off the lead. Pretty average stats across the board, though, so far this week. T24 in scrambling. T24 in greens and regulation. T32 in putts per greens and regulation. But in his last six seasons, his best putting stat finish is 157th. The putter is the make or break for Luke List. He's also looking for that first PGA Tour victory. Guys, I just don't see that happening this week. Bob, how about you? Uh, I'm going to sit Xinjiang Zhang from China, and you know, he, there's two ways to look at his stats that he brings forward. And one is to say that he makes a lot of birdies, which he does. He's, he, last year ranked 24th, 24th in birdies made, which is, Mark, you just said you're going to have to make a lot of birdies. Mm-hmm. The only uh, downside is that he's 109th in scoring average. So if you're making a lot of birdies, but your scoring average is that low, <laughs> means you're making a lot of other stuff as well. So I'm predicting that he's going to slip down on the weekend. Uh, I'm going to go with a bit of a weird pick on my sit because there are some categories here for uh, Patrick Rogers that are actually quite good. Uh, to Bob's point... Uh, birdies, you need birdies. He's second in birdies in this tournament. That's a good number right now, which should give you confidence in Patrick Rogers. He's also first in putts per green in regulation. So, Mark, why are you sitting a guy who is eight under par within striking distance of the lead uh, when those numbers stand up? Because, you know what, guys? It's hard to find bad numbers right now on this leaderboard because the course is gettable. Everyone's playing well. So, really hard to find bad numbers. So, I believe momentum is real. Momentum exists. 
Patrick Rogers was ticking along tickety-boo yesterday, kind of marching his way up this leaderboard. But he was bogey on 13, bogey on 16, bogey on 17. Last five holes, he's three over par. That 18th hole is a brute as well. The finish here at Corrales is important, and I think Patrick Rogers maybe lost a ton of momentum late yesterday that he was going to need coming into the day, and it, it it's hard to switch hit that switch again. Unlike Mackenzie Hughes, who made a great save coming down the stretch yesterday, had momentum, that'll carry him forward. I think momentum is real. I also think that when you look at a number, I know this is going to sound funny, but Mackenzie Hughes, 86% of his greens in regulation. Uh, Patrick Rogers, only 72%. He's been steady Eddie. He's hit 13 greens both days. But with that finish yesterday, I just don't know if he's going to get that momentum back. I'm going to sit Patrick Rogers. Do you think momentum's real, Bob? Do you believe in momentum? Oh, always. I always think in the big mo. Yep, love yep. the big mo. <laughs> <laughs> big mo. Big mo. Oh, that's the quote. <laughs> that's right. Bob's had two amazing quotes this morning. Big mo and golf course design on acid. Yeah, I like which that. Which is coming up in Winner's Weird and What. <laughs> well, there we go. Golf course. So we're going to do it next on the other side. Uh, before we go to break, uh, I just got to mention Charlie Hoffman, guys. I liked uh, Charlie Hoffman this week, and he, I think he's only five off the pace. Uh, mm-hmm. I picked Sepp Straka, by Oh, the yes, way, you and, did. Uh, in, in he's, uh, he was tied for the leader for the first round. And, uh, he's still he playing is, well, though, Bob. He's tied for fifth with Matt Hughes. There you go. Uh, the tournament is on uh, TSN 4. Oh, thank you. You found it. TSN 4. Perfect, perfect. Scully, uh, what were your picks this week on Wednesday, other than Corey Connors? I can't recall. Do you recall? So I had Will Zalatoris yes, as well. Yes, as did I. And he made the cut on the number. And then I also had Pat Perez, who had some temper tantrums, as we've seen before. He is currently at four under par, eight shots off the lead. You never know. But, I was worried that yeah. uh, Pat Perez would lose his special powers like Samson when he cut his hair. I'm th- I'm wor- <laughs> yeah. I think that's happened. Yeah. I also had Zalatoris, which just made the cut. I had Charlie Hoffman five off the pace and, and, and Mac three off the pace. I know Bob had Mac three off the pace. I had Charlie Howell. He missed the cut. But you had Sepp oh, Straka no, had Sepp, as well. Oh, sorry, I had, that was another one. I had Sepp Straka and I had Chris Stroud, I think, and uh, Christmas. Well, you got two mm-hmm. horses in the race, Bob. Yep. Two horses yep. in the race. All right, boys, on the other side, it should be a fun, very fun edition of Winners Weird and What? Three Coming up next, this is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. The smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we are well deep into Hour 2 of GTC. Just a reminder, uh, we are going to take a few weeks off. We are going to have some shows, some best ofs, and some pre-recorded specials for radio the next few weeks across the TSN radio network. And then we're back with a live radio show October the 24th. Back to television with a tailor-made equipment special in October, uh, later on in the month, and then Early November, we'll be back here for, obviously, Masters Preview, uh, Masters Preview Show for television, and then Saturday morning, two hours of Golf Talk Canada, radio on TV as well, of course, coast-to-coast on the radio network. For Masters Saturday, teeing up a pumpkin spice edition of the year's uh, second, or the season's second major 
two of six majors in this super season. All right, let's do it. Three dub, winners, weird, and what, and skulls, the tea is yours. Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves, and I got to step on one here. <laughs> Come on, baby. That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. Okay, gents, my winner this week could also be a weird and a what all mixed into one. <laughs> Harris English tees off Sunday, the U.S. Open. He's excited. He's, he's in great uh, in, a, in a great place to maybe have his best finish at a major championship. Hits his tee shot into the left rough. What happens? They can't find the golf ball. One of the craziest things I think I've ever seen watching a major championship, obviously not having any fans around uh, was a big reason for this, but the marshals, the volunteers, they couldn't find the golf ball. What did he do after that? Instead of sulking, instead of you know being rattled, if you will, he goes back for the next 17 and a half holes. He plays some great golf. Three birdies, shoots a closing 73, finishing in fourth place. Does get his best career finish at a major championship. It was quite a bounce back for Harris English, wasn't it, Mark? Yeah, well, it was great. I, I'm still shocked that he lost the golf ball. I, I don't know how. You know, with I, I know there was no spectators out there, but there was tons of marshals, cameras everywhere. Uh, losing a golf ball like that it's, to start a final round is crazy. It's almost like if there had been fans there, not only would he have found the golf ball, but in all likelihood it might have bounced off a fan back into the fairway. Right. Or in a trampled <laughs> down lie. Exactly. Yeah, it was pretty wild to see, but good for Harris English to bounce back the way he did. Okay, my weird this week. We mentioned this a little earlier in the show, the Payne Valley Cup. Tiger Woods' his first public course. And the players were mic'd up for this event, which was great. You got to hear some in-depth conversations. Tiger Woods and Justin Rose talking about driver shaft lengths, how they're going to adjust that. And Rory McElroy, who has a new favorite kind of pizza. Tell you what, we're on this big Domino's kick at the minute. It's so good. I swear to God. It's so it is good. good. Like if you're like if you don't know what the really good local pizza place is, yeah. Domino's is like solid. Yeah. You know what you're gonna get. Yeah. Okay, guys, simple <laughs> enough. Is is it Domino's is a pizza pizza for you guys? On the road game, Bob? What's the road game? On the road game? Oh, I always try to find the local one. Yeah, me too. I just I always ask around. But, uh, yeah, if you want to be safe, I think Domino's. Yeah. Although I'm not the quite best, sure I'd rank it quite as high as yeah. The is. best pizza in Toronto, boys, hands down, Queen Margarita. That's oh. good. I like Ro- so Romy's on Royal York and Bloor if you're around there. Oof. They're okay. awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I like the I like the just the, the go-to staple margarita pizza at Queen Margarita. Like, I'll eat the whole thing. I, I, in fact, if you uh, put your hands in front of my mouth, you might lose a digit. I mean, <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Skulls? Oh, uh, that, that's funny. I mean, for me, I, I like Domino's as well. I'm with Rory. Maybe not to the extent that Rory is, but, uh, hey, I mean, whatever. Good for you, Rory. <laughs> my what this week, uh, we mentioned this a little earlier as well. What a bounce back for Graham Dillette. Uh, shoots 78 in the first round in Putacana, then the 64 in round two. Some special stuff from Graham Dillette. We saw him chipping with one hand at the Safeway Open. He's had a host of, of short game issues in the past, but what a bounce back here for Graham Dillette and some uh, optimism here going forward, isn't it, Bob? Yeah, you know, we, uh, we had Graham on as our analyst during the uh, U.S. Open. And uh, before we did a little preview, and I had to ask him about the uh, the chipping with one hand, and he says, he says, I don't mind it on the PGA Tour. In fact, it's funny how the guys come around. They say, hey, whatever works. And he almost chipped in twice, he said. But the funniest thing he said is when I'm at my club at home, he says, that's when it's really embarrassing. <laughs> guys look at me like I got three heads. But uh, that is awesome. Nine birdies on the card. Birdied half the holes. 
hopefully that's a good sign going forward. Do you think we'll see Adam Scully putting one-handed as a segue to that? I'd like to see him putt no-handed. Just no stick handed. the end I'm of the club in yeah. the in the uh, the six pack. Yeah, you know, in the, now, in the he doesn't have. See, I can do the no. I can <laughs> yeah. do the, with my COVID twelve. But that I can do the no hand. Would that be a, would that be illegal Ooh. if he had no hands? But well, just one point stomach. of contact. That's I don't right. see that being illegal if I happen to use my gut. <laughs> yeah, Adam, Adam, Adam don't can't. get rid of that weight. Yes, Mark. maybe I should keep that weight on. Jam it in there, Scully. I think Mark, you got to put more weight on, and then he can just go from there. I, I think that's the strategy. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> we'll get into putting a little more in our belly button. Right in the gut, the belly button. Okay, Bob, the tea is now yours. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. I get yours today, so that's it. Hey, hold on, that was story. yours. Switch around. Yeah, we'll switch it. Okay. No, that's right. You can have the you can have the Family Guy. I'm taking that one. So. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you take Jack. All right. All right. Like but you got to be angrier now. I am. All okay. right. I can do the pirate again. National talk like a pirate day. Anyway. Uh, my winner this week is Norm Barker from Collingwood, Ontario. This is a wonderful You're story. the next contestant. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yes, exactly. Norm, uh, Norm shot his best round this year was a 95. And uh, he, he breaks 100 quite regularly at a golf course. He plays up at Cranberry. It used to be Cranberry Village. I think it's just called the Cranberry Golf Course now. And he plays in the Old Timers Fun League up there. And um, I think it's great for, for Norm to shoot those great scores because on November 2nd, Norm's going to turn 99. He's going to turn 99 years old, and he's still out there playing four or and five breaking times breaking his week. age. And breaking his age on a regular... Uh, this is the quote in the newspaper article. I break 100 quite regularly, he said. Congratulations to Norm Barker. I love stories like this. It talks about... gives me a little hope that maybe yes. by the time I'm 99, I might figure out how to shoot 95. Norm, you're awesome. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. great. Great story. Okay. Uh, my weird this week is uh, a letter that the... A uh, lawyer for the Doobie Brothers sent the Doobie Brothers. Yes. You remember the Doobie Brothers? <laughs> yes, of course. Sent to Adam Bill. has no idea who you're talking no, about. The but Doobie Brothers continue. are a rock, 70s, 80s rock band. And um. the lawyer for uh, the Doobie Brothers sent a letter to Bill Murray because Bill Murray has a t shirt, golf shirt company, right? Called mm-hmm. Zero Bucks Given. And he's, oh, sorry, it's not actually not called that. It's called Zero Hucks Given. Okay. And they are using the song Listen to the Music in their ads. And they lawyers contend that he hasn't paid for it. But rather than Ooh. send sort of a legalese letter, right. he sent this letter that says, We're writing on behalf of our clients, the Doobie Brothers. The Doobie Brothers perform and recorded the song Listen to the Music, which Tom Johnson of the Doobie Brothers wrote. It's a fine song. I know you agree because you keep using it in your ads <laughs> for Zero Hucks Given Golf Shirts. However, given that you haven't paid us to use it, maybe you should change the name of the company to Zero Bucks Given. He says, we understand that you're running other ads using music from other, our other clients. The only other person who uses our clients' music without permission more than you, apparently, is Donald Trump. <laughs> but he did. He had some good. He says, we'd be okay with it if it, the shirts weren't so damn ugly. But there we go. Anyway, wow. so they came back on it, and they've, uh, they've gone back and forth in a fun way. Uh, I'm, I, I like when lawyers kind of have a little fun with each other. Not a, lot of people, a lot, not a lot of people know this, but a lot of people tell me I have the best music. Really? Really? Yes. <laughs> you got it. All right. That's it. All right. My uh, my what this week is? Uh, Come on. What you is need it? some anger, what? Bob. You got the Jack Nicholson <laughs> intro. You need some anger. My what is? What are these? What are these people on? What are these contestants on Jeopardy all about? <laughs> okay. They can't figure things out. Listen. You know this music right here, right? Yeah. It's the final Jeopardy music. Right. So this was playing. 
the other night on Jeopardy, and the question was... I'll pretend I'm Alex okay, Trebek. Yes. You know I was on uh, Reach for the Top and Alex Trebek was the host one time? I did not know that. There you go. Well, we got to talk about this more. Yeah. Wow. Uh, on the Forbes we need another tw- hour. Can you... On the Forbes 2020 list of the 100 highest paid athletes at age 50, this active individual sportsman is the oldest. Say that again? Here's the, here's the answer. you got to get okay. the question. On Forbes 2020 list of the 100 highest paid athletes at age 50, this active individual sportsman is the oldest. Who would it be? Ooh. Scully? Uh, well, I know the. I, I saw the tweet, so I oh, do know the answer. Okay, so. Phil Come Mickelson. On. Phil Mickelson. That but the answers guess. for I these didn't... people, you know what the answers they came up with? The That's first... right, you sneaky. Little I didn't look devil. at the list. I just guessed Phil. The first contestant said Jagger, as in Yarmir. Yarmir Jagger. He's wow. retired now. The second put the word Phil, but couldn't get Mickelson. Didn't know it. And the third person put Mr. Magoo. <laughs> None of them got Phil Nicholson. All three of them struck out. But all three of them can build a rocket ship. So <laughs> there you go. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. So. All right, Mark. The tea is yours. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun. We're having fun. Look, it went further than your ball. I should point out before you go, Mark, yeah. is that Phil Mickelson actually responded in well, a tweet you, to that question. He says, just when I think I've arrived, brackets, I was the answer to tonight's final Jeopardy question. I realize they still have a long way to go. Bracket, they all got it wrong. <laughs> That's good. The tea is yours, Mark. All right, Ben, I'm going to try to do my best to bring the anger on my what, because I'm not used to the family guy. I'm usually a little bit more, you know, Jack, but we're going to try here, okay? So my winner, guys. Just let me do- know if I'm going to have to go with the dump button. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my winner and my weird very quick. My winner, uh, Danny Lee. Uh, I we used him this week on TV. He had the six putt uh, last week. The WD after the six putt, very frustrating. He apologized. It did the right thing. Kind of took ownership. So good on Danny Lee. We made fun of him for the six putt and withdrawing, but he's my winner for apologizing and, and taking ownership of it. Okay, my weird this week. Gonna ask you guys a question because uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it. If you've looked at the list, then then you'll know the answer. Have you looked, guys, at who's leading the race to Dubai? No. I purposely did not look. When okay, so give team. me a guess. Have you looked? I would who's say, leading race to Dubai? Uh, Colin Morikawa. Good guess. All right, Adam, who's leading race to Dubai? I was also going to say Morikawa. I'll say Danny Willett. Patrick Reed. Oh. With two ties for 13th in majors and a win back in February Uh, at the WGC, which is, of course, sanctioned by both tours. Yes. Yes. Patrick Reed. I mean, if you could have given me 10, 12 guesses, you wouldn't have got Patrick Reed (laughs) as leading the race to Dubai, thus my weird. Okay, my what? What I've been waiting for all week with (laughs) you guys. Here we go. Line it up, baby. All right. You said golf course architecture on acid. Well, my good friend, and I, you know, I should say this off the top. I've only met Mike Davis in passing once at a Golf Canada party in Augusta. That for two seconds. So I don't know Mike Davis personally at all. He might be a very nice man. Okay, for all accounts, he might be a wonderful person. So let's get that out there. However, 
His tenure as executive director and then CEO of the USGA has caused me some anxiety, stress, and anger over the years. Windmills on golf courses, clowns nose, floating pars, tee decks that go up and down. We have rough, we don't have rough. When things go sideways, you can't find them. When things go well, there he is with the camera, smiling and waving at the crowd. Oh, uh, we've got, uh, we've lost our greens at Shinnecock. I mean, like we can go on and on. Mike Davis now. This week he is stepping down uh, at the end of next year, uh, and he is leaving the USGA. Okay, it's what he's doing next, guys. His next venture of his career, he's going to join Tom Fazio II to be a golf course architect. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Yeah, I'm leaving Golf Talk Canada. Adam's moving into this chair. You guys have a wonderful 2021 because in the middle of next season, I'm going to be an Olympic high jumper. (laughs) All right? That's what I'm I'm going to join the NBA. All right? What? This is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Now, I know he loves golf course action. I I read the, the press release. Mike Davis, as a kid, was doodling on napkins, holes, and designs. I'm like, okay, you know what? I like to paint at home in my spare time. I'm not doing the Sistine Chapel anytime soon. Okay? Like, this is, I, when I saw it, I almost fell off my chair. I was laughing hysterically. In fact, it shouldn't be my what? It should have been my winner because it was the best laugh I had all week, Bob. Should have been your weird. <laughs> Listen, I'll give, I'll give Mike Davis. Uh, I'll fault him for the course setup, for taking courses to the extreme. I'll give him credit for being the guy who helped, or was at the helm anyway, of moving to public golf courses like... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Torrey Pines, yeah. Half-Page Black. Half-Page Black is what I was thinking of. Yeah, so he's brought some of those things in. And I've, I've met Mike. I've spent some time with Mike a uh, number of times and stuff. And he's a, he's a very he's a passionate guy about the game of golf. Um, but listen, let's not forget what's happened under his reign. And the latest evidence of it was just last week at the U.S. Open. The golf ball is going way too far. Golf, mm-hmm. whether, and, and that's under the USGA and the RNA's watch. He's the head of the USGA. Let's, let's, let's label him with that, or at least partly. Adam, golf balls went too far. Drivers got the size of toasters. And you let the horses out of the barn with a belly putter for 30 years and then jam them back in. Come on now here. And what do you think about, before we go to break, like Davis doing golf course architecture, I think, you know what? I think I have a better chance at the NBA. <laughs> mm, I mean, the NBA or or the Olympic high jumper. I mean, right. I, either one. But it, it, I, I'd be curious to see what sort of uh, golf course setup Mike Davis would do if he did uh, design his own golf course. Uh, he's had quite a career, we'll put it at that, uh, and all the best to him uh, going forward. That's all well, the next time you and I are in Myrtle Beach together, I'll take you to the Pirate Island Adventure Mini Putt, and I'll show you what, uh, what his courses are going to look like. Okay, <laughs> on the other side, leaderboard updates from the world of golf. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf, ready for sport. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. 
Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we wrap up today's show. Just a reminder, 100wholehike.org, 100wholehike.org slash Canada, Ontario. That is the 100-hole challenge next Tuesday, October the 6th at El Dorado Golf Club. Our friends at Golf Ontario raising money for the Youth on Course program. Youth on Course program helping uh, just under 100,000 kids uh, introduced to the game of golf. So uh, support them. You can donate online. Our friends at TaylorMade Adidas participating. It's 100wholehike.org slash Canada, Ontario. Adam, what is happening on the European Tour? On the European Tour, it is the Dubai Duty Free Irish Open. And Aaron Rye currently has the lead. It's actually going on right now. There's a bit of a weather delay uh, going on. But they are now back on the golf course. He is one shot ahead of a host of players, including J-Square, Jazz, Jet, and Watnond. I didn't do great with that. I tried my best, <laughs> though, Bob. You try saying that on a live broadcast eight, uh, nine times, I tell you. Yeah. Jazz, Jet, and Watnond. I tried. I wasn't looking at the name. It was sort of ad-libbing. I, I yeah, couldn't do it. Anyway, yeah. uh, Bob, how about you? Jazz, Jenna, Watnanod. Okay. Corn Ferry, Canadian opportunity, Bob. There we go. Corn Ferry Tour, the Wichita Open, supporting Wichita's youth. And uh, top of the leaderboard, none other than Taylor Pendrith coming off a great performance, tied for 23rd at the U.S. Open. He fired his career low on that tour on uh, Friday with a 62. He has only a one-shot lead, though, over Jared Wolf. A couple back, Mike Blakefield, Nick Hardy. Other Canadians in the field to make the cut. Adam Svensson. Uh, tied for 48th. Stuart McDonald tied for 60th. Missing the cut is Ben Silverman. And at the Punicana Resort and Club Championship at Corrales, Hudson Swatford has a two-shot lead uh, heading into uh, the weekend, but Mackenzie Hughes three off the pace at nine under par. Mackenzie Hughes an opportunity to win on a golf course that he finished second at last year, and why not a double dip this weekend, Bob? Why not Taylor Penrith on the Corn Ferry and Mackenzie Hughes on the PGA Tour? Two Canadian flags would be great. David Hearn also in this one. Opened up great with a 67, unable to follow it up with the 74, but he makes the cut, three under par, gets it to the weekend. Graham Dillette, great bounce back round, but not enough to make it to the weekend. Dillette will miss the cut alongside Michael Glickick and alongside Corey Connors and Roger Sloan. So a lot of Canadian flags not playing the weekend, but one with a chance to win. TSN 4, you can watch it today and tomorrow. Rounds 3 and 4. TSN 4, let's cheer on Mackenzie Hughes. Okay, boys, we're not back in studio again until October 24th. We will have radio shows. In fact, we're not even back in studio. We will be remote, so Mm -hmm. Ben, we won't see Ben. Uh, we'll be doing remote, trying to do the responsible thing. and Back to the jammies. Yeah, back to the jammies <laughs> and shrink the footprint when we can. If we're not on TV, uh, we'll try to do it from the home studio to do the responsible thing. Uh, we will have a Golf Talk Canada equipment special in October, 60 Minute, and we will be back for the Masters, back here in these chairs, in studio for radio and TV for the Masters, a big Masters week with tons and tons of content coming for, of course, uh, the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> uh, I, you know what? I am considering, you know, you know I've got to take the weight off. I'm considering uh, trying to grow the hair back as well. For wow. going to add weight. Yeah, I can't grow that much, Bob. I can't grow. Wow. What do you think, Skull? Do I drop the Ben Kingsley sexy beast look? That's a reference way over your head. 
Do I drop right that? Do I yep. go? Do I lose the like the evil uh, villain in a Bond uh, movie look and and try to grow some of the fuzz back? What do you think? I don't know. I mean, November's coming up. Maybe grow a nice muzzy and then intermittent fasting, man. I've told you for a while. You I know. I got to get I, on the intermittent fasting and do that. I, I swear you grew that mustache just this week. You didn't I, I, have well, yeah, that's <laughs> a, it's, it's an Italian superpower. If you go over to Italy and look at the superpowers of Italians, we can make a great sugo and grow hair overnight anywhere other than our heads. I think it would be cool That's to see what your hair looks like. I, can't, I forget. You forget. Maybe we'll go back. It's been a while since I've had hair. Maybe we'll grow it out. I don't know. When I get if Mrs. Golf Talk Canada is listening right now, I know that I'm going to get an earful when I yeah. walk in on what her opinion is. Oh, she, on likes, she likes this look? I don't, know. I don't think so. I think you want to grow the skullet. The skullet? Like Charlie Hoffman. <laughs> the Charlie Hoffman, the skullet? I don't think uh, Mrs. Golf Talk Canada is a big fan of the current no. look. I don't think so. She, she says, does it fit my personality? She considers me a real jolly, happy soul, and I don't, which is a complete lie. <laughs> complete lie. Boys, uh, going to miss you. Uh, we'll talk in a few weeks. It was fun. And let's hope we get a Canadian win. So when we come back, we can be bragging about a Canadian win. Canadian win and some good weather for everybody to play golf deep into October. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. All right, boys, have a good one. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision of golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Adidas Golf, ready for sport. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.